Praise the Lord, everyone. Good morning. I'm going to go ahead and um, start the lesson this morning. And uh, I'm going to read a, a passage of scripture out of Second um, Peter, and you don't have to stand. Second Peter chapter 1. And I hope everybody had a good uh, Thanksgiving um, uh, few days. You know, the the wonderful thing about having a lot of family during Thanksgiving is you eat more than on just one day. You can eat on Thursday, then visit other family on Friday, and then visit the other family on, on uh, Saturday. And the ones you don't like the most, you can spend on Sunday. And, uh, and then... Uh, and so that's the wonderful thing about it. I hope everyone had a, a, a good time and, um, and a season of Thanksgiving and thankful for the things that God has, God has given us. And good to see everyone this morning. Second Peter uh, chapter 1, uh, beginning with verse 5, it says, And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. If these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see far off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never, never fail. Um, so... Let's go before the Lord in prayer, and then you may be seated. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you for your wonderful blessings. Help me to teach this morning, Lord. I need your help in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> uh, Matt, if you wanted to add a verse of Scripture, um, I forgot to uh, It's Luke 22, Luke chapter 22, verse 31. You can add that as well. So um, I'm going to teach a little bit about, um, you know, the topic of faith is so vast, and I might not get through through everything here uh, in this book that Brother Grant has given us of um, apostolic foundations, and uh, it was just a lot of information. I thought I was going to be able to type up type up everything in time, and uh, and wasn't able to. So I'll get through what I can. Um, but you know, I, I love this. Uh, first off, I love the Apostle Peter. He's one of my favorite uh, favorite uh, biblical heroes um, amongst the five that I have. Which is David, Moses, Jacob, David. I mean, um, Peter and the Apostle Paul. But um, you know, from the dawn of human history, um, faith has been a very powerful force that's available to to us, and it's powerful because that faith has the ability to produce the things that uh, defies a human comprehension. And so, you know, it gets the the, the Bible is so you would if you would say wild in the things that have been accomplished in the lives of the people in it, that people not only now, people not only doubt the word of God over the years, but they have um, dared to challenge uh, the validity of God's word. And so, um, uh, so in the text here, Peter makes a very, um, and, and, so, and so Peter says here, uh, starting in the very beginning of his epistle, says that 
you know, uh, them that have obtained like precious faith with us. And he goes on to say, according to this divine power, God has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. And then in verse 5, Peter makes a very interesting statement. And I a statement, I, I believe that, um, you know, if there's anybody that understands a faith that it is the Apostle Peter. Um, in verse 5, it says, Besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. And then he lists seven things to add. And note that the number seven is uh, the number usually of completion in the Bible. And so he says, if you add these seven things, then your faith would be completed. Uh, and so add in, in, in the Greek means to furnish, um, to fully supply, aid, or contribute. Um, diligence means to speed, hasten, eager, eagerness, earnest, and care. And so what the Apostle Peter is saying is that be careful and make sure that you furnish the faith that you already have with these seven things. And so um, faith is the common denominator of all of us that's in here. It's the common denominator of the founding of our, of our country. Uh, and it's what led us, uh, and if you, you know, it's the season, the season of Thanksgiving. And if you, if you study it, it's the origin of, of pilgrims and people in, uh, in Europe traveling to the United States to have religious freedom. And so when they get here, they suffered hardship, and uh, things were tough. And so, um, you know, I, I love reading the history in, in, into things. In the first Thanksgiving uh, here in America for the pilgrims many, many years ago, uh, centuries ago, um, uh, was, um, was very scarce and a few things, nothing like the things we have today. But over the time, God has blessed and, and uh, the the development of our of our of our country, and so and it was all caused and based on the search and the seeking of being able to practice the faith that we believe. And so, faith is a common denominator in all of our lives. And there's two different definitions of faith. I will elaborate more uh, in in a little bit. But there's faith, which is the basic biblical salvation that we believe. That is the belief that Jesus is God, and that there is no no other God besides Jesus Christ. Uh, that is, he is the creator of the world. He is the creator of each and every one of our lives. There is a plan of salvation that he has, and, um, and that is to repent, that is to be baptized, and that is to allow God to fill you with his spirit, because in doing so, you mimic what God went through in the gospel, which is the, uh, which is the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Death through the repentance of your sins. The, bap- the burial is the baptism of, and being submerged in water, and then the resurrection. It's the power of God. It is what the Bible calls the Holy Ghost, or contemporary version says the Holy Spirit that dwells in us and is evidenced through the speaking of another language that you don't understand. That is the step and the plan of salvation. That is, And to believe that is to have faith. And then there is the faith that God can do certain things for me. Whatever that thing is that you need or you desire to have in your life. And so um, here's a few things about faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and is the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11 and 1. 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10 and 17. Faith is a fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5 and 22. Faith is one of the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12 and 9. Faith by faith works by love, Galatians 5 and 6. Without faith, we cannot please God, Hebrews 11 and 6. The shield of faith is our armor, Ephesians 6 and 16. The church is the household of faith. Galatians 6 and 10. The Bible is called the word of faith. Romans 10 and 8. According to, the, to your faith, be it unto you. Matthew 9 and 29. And then lastly, we walk by faith. Second Corinthians, the 5th chapter and the 7th verse. And so, to sum it all up, faith can't be seen. And it is the substance, but its substance is all around us. It is a gift from God and it is a fruit that is produced in all who believe in him. And without it, you cannot please God. Without faith, you cannot please God. It is your defense, and it is your armor when the evil one attacks. You walk with it, and within, and within, and it is within the words of your Bible. And our faith and your faith determines how your story will end. And so there's different levels of faith. There is no faith. As you go through the Bible, you find there's people with no faith. There are people with little faith. There are people with weak faith. There are people who have their faith increased. There are people who are full of faith. There are people who are strong in the faith. There are people who have no greater faith. And then there is faith that can fail. And so um, I want you to know that it is very common to fluctuate through these various levels of faith, and uh, as I stand here looking out into the crowd, that all of us are at a very different level of, of faith in our walk with God, and some of the more experienced uh, uh, veterans here, um, um, uh, you would say, is will be would have strong faith, or faith that has endured. And some of the newer converts, of course, not that your faith is weak, but that it can still be increased the more. And then there are some who don't know about God, and, 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 and so then at that point in their life, that is a level of no faith. But understand that it is not the will of God for you to stay in the realm of no faith or little faith, but that he wants to help you increase your faith and your uh, knowledge uh, in him. And just because you're full of faith doesn't mean that you will have it forever. There's, if you're not careful, you can lose being full of faith. And uh, if there is one man in the Bible that had all of this, it was Peter, who had no faith when he was fishing, little faith when he was with the Lord, weak faith when he was in the boat. His faith needed to increase as he grew in the ministry of Jesus. He was full of faith many times by stepping out of the boat and doing various other uh, 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 tasks known the apostles would do. But when he denied the Lord three times, he went right back to almost no faith. And within 24 hours, he was preaching the plan of salvation to the world. And so you can fluctuate in, in, in all of these things. And just because you're in no faith or in, you're in little faith, don't be discouraged because God in an instant can turn that completely around. And he can build your faith and he can increase your faith. And he can keep your faith from failing. So faith um, means to anticipate expect or have confidence and hope in. Um, it means to be persuaded. That's why the Apostle Paul says that I am persuaded. I have faith that nothing can separate me 
from the love of God. Reliance upon Christ for salvation. The Bible says that he is the chief cornerstone. And to those who are are um, believing, he is um, he is the rock of which we build upon. But to those who are lost or to those who don't believe, he is a stumbling block uh, uh, to them. And so um, Webster defines faith as unquestioning belief that does not require proof or, or evidence. And so, you know, I'm, I'm teaching on a very, very big, big, big topic here that clearly 45 minutes is going to be nowhere near enough uh, at all to, to talk about it. Um, so, you know, I have, I have some co-workers at work. Um, hope no one drank out of this water. But I have some co-workers at work, and um, it's interesting. One is an agnostic, and the other one is an atheist. And so who knows what the uh, difference is between an agnostic and a, an atheist. So an, an agnostic doesn't really have it resolved, doesn't really believe, you know, that there's no God that exists. Um, they're open to the idea of there being a God, but currently they're not sure what their decision is. And an atheist has already made or resolved it in their mind that there is no, there is, there is no God whatsoever. And so it's, it's interesting because, you know, in talking to them, um, uh, uh, the common theme amongst both of them is that they both desire some form of scientific evidence that God exists. And um, they like to try to quantify God uh, either to a microscope or a telescope where they can see him. But, you know, that would defeat the definition of what uh, faith is. Because faith is simply this, to believe in something that you can't see. Or to believe in someone that you can't see. And that is what hope is. The Bible says that what is hope if you can see it, but because you can't see it, that is what makes it hope. And what is God if you can see him, but because you can't see him, that is what makes your faith what it is. And that is what makes God who he is in your life. Because, you know, these people, and it's not just, I'm not just picking on my coworkers, but, you know, the world is full of people who, who don't believe because they require uh, tangible facts for them to believe. But the, the truth of the matter is that God is too big to be looked at under a microscope. And he is too vast to be looked at through a telescope. Um, God is beyond human reasoning and thought. And he lies in a realm called the realm of, of faith. And it is a realm that is beyond human comprehension. It is a realm that we can't see. It is the realm of the invisible. That is what the Apostle Paul means when he says that it is the invisible things that we can't see that form the visible things that we uh, do see. And so it can't be seen under a microscope. It can't be seen under a telescope. It doesn't matter how expensive of a microscope you get or how, 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 how big a telescope you, you get and, and what you claim to be able to see. Because in the realm of faith, it's where you find that God exists. It is in the realm, in the world of faith, that miraculous things are done. If you can ever get to that realm. 
you'll learn that it is the invisible things that goes on in our lives, in the undercurrents of our lives that gives birth to the visible things that we see. And so if you want something tangible for faith, the only thing I have for you is these black and white letters and some red letters binded in a in a Bible. It's the only thing we have tangible for the existence of God. And so the answer for the agnostic or the atheist is faith. And it's hard for them to comprehend that because they don't want that as an answer. They want a, something that they can see, something that they can hold, some kind of equation or mathematical formula, but there is not one. And, and I can't get there for them. And you can't get there for them. But something has to happen inside of them that, that says, I am going to, to, to take a step of faith. It is a risk. It is a chance that I'm going to step into the realm of something that I don't know and I can't perceive and I can't see. And I'm going to trust that there is a God on the other side that will catch me and will hold me and will, and will sustain me. That is what faith is. And, and, and you can't, you know, for, for someone who doesn't believe, that is the first step is faith. And every one of us will have to, at some point in our lives, step into this realm. And many of us are in this realm very, very, very deeply and have lived for God for many years. And some of us are brand new and are just are in the, uh, um, um, the beginning process of getting into the realm of faith. And... Um, I don't know about you, but I found personally in my life that God lives in that realm of faith. That is where God is alive, and that is where he is well. And that is where God is working, where the human eye can't see and the human mind can't comprehend. Uh, is where it is alive, just like how you can look in a microscope and see a whole world inside of a cell. You can see that in the world of faith, things are working and things are moving and things are alive and things are very structured. But to get there, you have to be able to get into that realm. It is at work all around us. And so if you can just transport yourself there through faith, you'll see that God does his best work. And so um, I don't know when I was doing these notes, I just felt to kind of elaborate and talk on this. I know there's seven things added to faith, and um, uh, it's a lot lot to get into. I might not get through, through to all of it this morning. But um, if you're here this morning and uh, you live in a very t- tangible world and a tangible mindset and, um, and, and, and it has let you down, I challenge you to transport this morning into the world of faith, the world where God resides. And it's very simple. And, you know, I don't know, um, there were some books that came out, very popular, called the uh, Chronicles of Narnia. Have you ever heard of the Chronicles of Narnia? They made movies out of it. And uh, you don't have to go into a closet in uh, 20th century England to be able to step into this world. But you can step into the realm of faith right where you're at, right here this morning. And it begins with believing you know, we, 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 you know that the, the scripture that Paul writes in the book of Romans, that if you would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and confess him 
that you shall be saved. And that is, and then a lot of people say that that is it, and that is the scripture of salvation. That is not the scripture of salvation. That is the beginning of stepping into the realm of faith, where you will allow God to start working in your life. And it can happen this morning. It can happen right where you're sitting. It can happen in the main service here in just a few minutes, that if you, are, or if you have tried everything and nothing has worked and the tangibles have not worked, I challenge you to try the invisible, to try what you can't see, to trust in God and to step into the realm of faith. Because in the gospel, there were people who tried to get into this realm of faith that have never been there before. And there were people in the gospel that jumped into, I don't know what kind of person you are when it comes to swimming in a pool. Some people just love to get it over with, and they will cannonball right into that thing off of the high dive and say, I'll just take one you know, cold shock of cold water and let that be over with. And then there are some who just kind of, kind of, a little bit kind of, try to walk in and then you have a good friend by who shove you in from behind you know those are the best best ones and then uh, there are some who just kind of just put their feet in the water don't want to get in much so it, it so this is how faith is and it's different very it kind of ties into what I was talking about last couple weeks ago <clears throat> but here's the, here's the, here's a passage of scripture I want I want to share with you uh, mark chapter 9 verses 20 to 24. And it says, and they, brought, and they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. This is talking about a father whose son is possessed with a demonic spirit. This is uh, Mark's recording of this story. And it says here, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. Almost like as if he was having a seizure. And he asked his father, how long is, and this is, uh, and Jesus asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oftentimes it casts him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Verse 23, Jesus said unto him, if thou can believe, if you can just step into the realm of faith, All things are possible to him or her once you step into the realm of faith. And straightway the father of the child, no, 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 hang on, let me see here, I believe it. Okay, yeah, and verse 24. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. And I love this second part of the scripture because this is where I am a lot of times, but help thou mine unbelief. And so this is a great example of how you don't have to be full of faith for God to be able to do a work in your life. All you have to do is just be willing to step into the realm of faith. Whether it is a tippy toe, whether it is half of a leg or half of your body, this gentleman was halfway in and halfway out, and God said, that is enough, that is all I need. If you would give little faith into the hands of a big God, he can do 
the miraculous. Don't be afraid. You don't have to be full of faith. You know, here is a cardinal truth of faith, and that is that God will honor faith when it is exercised by anyone at any age, whether they are new in God or whether they've been living for God for for, for 50 years. Faith is faith, and God will honor it. Here is another cardinal truth. God doesn't need much faith to work with. If you give him a little, he'll make a lot out of it. And I love this because Matthew, Mark did not record this, but there was a conversation that happened afterwards where Jesus expounds on a parable that, that Matthew caught and Mark did not. Matthew 17, verses 19 to, through 20. Why, could we drive, why couldn't we drive it out? The apostles pulled the Lord over and said, we have been trying to cast the devil out of this, this little boy for some time, and we can't do it. How come we can't and you can? And it says here, because you have so little faith, he answered, for truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move this mountain. Mustard seed faith, it's all it takes to be able to move mountains. Move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And I want to encourage you this morning to try God, to believe in him. And you say, I don't have faith, you can get some this morning. And you say, I have faith that is so little, then that is perfect because that's all he needs. Put a little bit of faith, I say it again, put a little bit of faith in the hands of a great big God and marvelous things will be done. Marvelous things will be done. And I, let's see here. So Peter says, add to it. And so, you know, the equation is simple. If you would add to your faith, he will increase. And I am not a mathematician, but I do know the rules of addition and subtraction. And if you will subtract, if I will subtract, my answer or result will be smaller. And if I don't add, nothing will change with the result. But if I will add to it, the answer will only get bigger, the results will only get bigger, and the God I serve will only get bigger. The more you add, this is the principle of this, add to your faith, the more you add, the bigger God gets And so what do you add? I will go through these very quickly, Peter, in the verse of Scripture, and let's go back to the the text. And he says, besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Add to your faith virtue. Virtue is moral excellence. It is knowing what is right. It is knowing what the right thing is and to do it. There was a lady, I was reminded of a lady during World War II, um, who did not won the, I guess the, it's called the Nobel Peace Prize is what it's called. 
um, she was a lady during World War II, and uh, she saved the lives of probably over 100 Jewish kids because she found a little pathway or a fence that they were able to escape. She was the runner-up. The winner of the, the prize was, I forgot, it was some kind of movie production or something like that, and, uh, which I think was absolutely ridiculous. But um, she was able to save the lives of so many Jewish kids. And when she was asked, um, you know, when they were, were, were parading her and saying she was a hero, I love her comment because she said, I am not a hero. I only did what was right. And that is virtue. The Bible says in James verse 4 and verse 17, Therefore, whosoever knoweth the right thing to do, yet fails to do it, it is guilty of sin. And so virtue needs to be added to faith. The next thing is knowledge. Knowledge in God. Knowledge in the Word of God. And the more more we add the Word of God to our lives, the bigger God gets Hosea says in 4 and 6, we can be destroyed for lack of knowledge. Ephesians 5 and 17, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Colossians 1 and 10 says, increasing in the knowledge of God. And the knowledge of God is the word of God. And you have got to increase in this. If you don't increase in this, and so then we wonder, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing the exact same way every time and expecting a different result. And if you are doing the same reading and you are not increasing in knowledge or you're not even, even having, you know, a daily life of devotion and growing in the knowledge of God, you will stay stagnant and in the same place in your faith every single day. But if you would read and if you would, if you would find him, the Lord said, search the scriptures for in them are they that testify of me. And so in the scripture is truth. And the Bible says that Jesus is truth and that his word is truth. And when we worship, we worship in truth. And it is the truth that sets us free. If you don't have knowledge of The word of God you will subtract from your faith. If you only know the same verses of scripture, you will stay stagnant. But if you will continue to add to your faith in daily devotion of his word, it will equal bigger and greater results in your life. Temperance is the next thing is to have self-control. To have self-control and to be in a world where, man, there is no self-control whatsoever. No self-control whatsoever. Black Friday will tell you that there is no self-control in people. I wasn't out in Black Friday, so I've got some form of temperance. The next thing is patience, and that also tells you on Black Friday people don't have any patience for each other. And it goes hand in hand with temperance. It is in the Greek means hupomone. It means cheerful or hopeful endurance or constancy to stay under, remain, undergo, bear trials, have fortitude, preserve uh, 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 through suffering, to endure pain and trouble without complaining or losing self-control. And so it's simple. In self-control, we exercise power over our emotions, but in patience, we learn how to possess our faith. Tribulation and the trying of our faith works patience in our lives. And I love patience. And Brother Grant always says, be careful to pay, not to pray for patience because patience worketh tribulation. 
but it is in the tribulation that you learn. It is in the, the, the trial of your faith that makes your faith even more real and more tangible. It is one thing to say that you love Christ. It is another thing to say that you love Christ with a sword hanging over your head or when you have to die for it or when you're going through something. Everybody loves God. Everybody claims to have faith. But when things got tough, it was him and the cross and everybody else abandoned him completely is what the Bible says. And so, and, 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 and I love it because tribulation, and, and in the book of Peter, he says that the trying of your faith is like the trying of gold. Once it is refined, it becomes a precious work. And so that is what tribulation does. That is what faith does. And I encourage you this morning to don't be afraid to add patience to your faith because patience and tribulation is what makes what you believe even more real. What else we have? Next is, I'll try to wrap it up in a few minutes. Next is godliness. Godliness is simply the state or quality of being godly, being well pleasing to God. Second Peter chapter one verse three. God has provided us, provided for us everything pertaining to godliness. He tells the apostle Paul tells Timothy, godliness along with numerous other Christian attributes should be pursued. And he tells Timothy, be careful because there are people who have the form of godliness but are void of power. And it is a characteristic of those at the end, the godliness. Godliness, pursuing the godliness of God. Next is brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness. Which is self-explanatory. To love your neighbor as yourself. And I love what the Bible says and what Christ tells his disciples, that by this will all men know that you are my disciples. Not whatever. By this will all men know that you are my disciples because of your love one towards another is how they would know. Not because of your preaching, not because of your wonderful music in your church, not because of your structure and all the things that you have, but when I step into your church, how are you treating each other that will tell me if you are my disciples or not. And John says it is impossible to love God if you don't love your brother. Next is charity. Charity in the Greek means agape. It is love. It is unconditional love. So we have learned to add to our faith virtue, to add to our faith temperance, to add to our faith patience, to add to our faith knowledge, to add to our faith brotherly love. And now we learn to add to our faith agape love, which is to love unconditionally like how he loves us. And life will put you in a situation where you will have to learn what that word is, to love someone unconditionally like how he has loved you. And then the next thing is, hang on, is there seven? Let me see, I lost count. Virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, burly kindness, and charity. And I love this uh, verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound, they 
They make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you have faith and you add to it these things, you will be fruitful. Whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, whatever it is you're trying to grow, whatever it is you're trying to do on your job, on your job, at your school, in the church, in your family, Whatever it is, you will be fruitful if you add these seven things on top of your faith. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, I love verse 10, wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, this is powerful words, if you do these things, he is, Peter is declaring an absolute. If you do these things, you shall never fall. And I find it very interesting that Peter writes that because he's the only one with the right to write that. If you pull up Luke chapter 22, verse 31, this is the Lord talking to Peter before he gets crucified. Let me get it in my, my Bible. It actually makes fun of me because I have these little uh, thumbprints in my Bible. She says, what's your problem? You don't know how to find different books in the Bible? Oh, not like you. I, I need to. I need these thumb taxes sometimes. Oh, great one. Okay, Luke thirty three and twenty one. Now she can turn to Habakkuk like in one flip, and that's like one book. I still can't find Habakkuk, and I got all these little. Okay. Anyway, she, she's in the nursery, I think, and the microphone doesn't work in the nursery, so that's why I'm saying that. Okay, Luke, I'm getting off track. Luke 24, Luke 22, and 31. And I, I'm, I'm closing with this, and I love this here. Verse, beginning with verse 31. Is that what you have? Okay. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for thee, that thy faith fell not. And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. There was prophecy in that. And Peter, and you know the second, the second epistle of Peter was the last letter he, he has to write to, ex, to expound on his belief and, and his words before he, he dies. That is, and the history says that he will be killed by, by the emperor Nero of Rome. And these are his last words. And he remembers what the Lord, I don't know if he did. I'm just saying, he, I'm believe, I believe he remembered what the Lord told him. And if there's anybody that can tell you how your faith will not fail, it is the apostle Peter. And Peter has said that I have learned that if you will step into the realm of faith and not trust in what you cannot see, God will do incredible things. And when you add virtue and temperance and all of these things, you know, the, the second epistle Peter was written probably about 50 years after Peter, was, Peter had died. It, it, history says they were probably written by somebody else. But Peter learned in his living for God that if I have moral excellence and if I can be patient and endure trials and if I have self-control and if I know how and if I know how to love my brother even when they have wronged me and if I and if I would have agape love despite everything that comes against me and, and, and all of these things then my faith shall 
never fail. And he learned by experience that's what the Lord meant. Your faith will not fail if you keep adding to it. Add to it. Add to it. When you're in church, you're adding to it. When you read your Bible, you're adding to it. When you love your brother, you're adding to it. When you believe the word of God, you're adding to it. Add to it. When you endure tribulation and trials that come your way, you are adding to your faith and you make it so much more worth living for. And I love that Peter is the one who gets to tell you how your faith shall never fail. And it is prophecy because the Lord says, and when thou art converted. He's telling Peter, you're going to deny me and your faith will come close to failing. But if you hold on to these things, you will be converted. And when you are, you will strengthen your brethren in the process. Let's all stand this morning. I don't know where you are in your walk of faith. But I want you to know that wherever you are in your walk of faith, God can help you this morning. Whether you are new to this thing, you don't know how to jump into this thing, that's all right. We're Pentecostal. Just dip your foot in the uh, altar and we'll just push push you the rest of the way. But God will help you. If you add to your faith, and, and, and if you do these things, you shall never fail. And I challenge you this morning, you know, we're going to have a break here. The main service is going to start. And I know some of us are still kind of recovering from all of the chemical imbalances from the turkey and ham that we ate. But you can still step into the realm of faith this morning, and God can still do great things. I don't know what it is you need in, in, in your life, but, 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 but if you're teetering and tottering and you're not sure where your faith is, God can set you assured like how he did Peter. Or if you have no faith and you don't know how to get into this thing, God can help you this morning, and you can start by getting into the realm in the world of faith and watch God do incredible things in your life. And if, and if you have uh, been through in, in this for a long time and, and there are some trials and some tribulations going your way, God can help you strengthen and increase your faith this morning. Lord, I love you. Thank you for helping me this morning. Lord, thank you for your precious word, which is what gives us our faith. I pray that you would be in the main service. Help us this morning. God, every need this morning, Lord, help us to find you. Help us not to be afraid to venture off into the realm of faith because that's where you reside and that's where you do your greatest work. And if we believe, but a part of us don't, I pray you help the part that doesn't believe so that we can experience, Lord, the miraculous. We love you. We honor you. Thank you for helping me this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may uh, get a drink of water or whatever it is you need to do, and I will see you in a few minutes.